Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out wrightfarmhousechurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 4, today's lesson I've titled Telling the Truth in Love. So we're going to start here in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. So let's talk about how the Bible tells us that, that love tells the truth. Truth and love are intimately connected. In in some of my earlier lessons here in House Church over the past year or so, we've talked about uh, where love originates and how it originates in our perception of our sin and our forgiveness. Uh, We talked about God's love language. Do you guys recall what it is? It was how obedience Uh, to him is God's love language. We communicate our love to God uh, by obeying him. Was that that lesson? Um, We talked about how loving God means loving other people. Um, We talked about how loving other people means having compassion on everyone. Um, So today let's talk about how love and honesty work together. One of the most common justifications that we see for lying is when we say, I need to lie to someone, or I need to withhold the truth is more what we might might say. We we withhold the truth from someone because because I love them. We hear that sometimes. Uh, Maybe I want to spare their feelings, and and I don't want to upset them uh, or hurt them. And we believe the truth would hurt them too much, maybe. Um, Because of this reasoning, uh, unpleasant truths are ignored and hidden, and our relationships become very shallow. uh, And we we don't actually know what's going on in one another's lives when we do this. Uh, What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, we know that's not true, right? Uh, What he doesn't know won't hurt him, right? We know that that's not true either. Uh, We might might feel tension. No, I love it. I love it. We might feel tension. I think he's just teaching alongside. I love it. No, I love it. We... So um, we, we might feel a, a tension because we understand that the truth sometimes hurts. Um, sometimes there are truths that are so unpleasant um, that we don't want to point them out. We may not want other people to experience the pain that comes with knowing the truth. And for this reason, we hide it. Uh, we act as though we are loving, though, and we care so much about them that we want to spare their feelings. But the Bible tells us that the love that love here, what does it do? It tells the truth. Love says what is true. All right, so let's read the context of this of this uh, verse here. Uh, starting in verse 11 of chapter four in Ephesians, he says, 
And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, we speak, we, I'm sorry, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we see here that God wants us to grow into a mature body of Christ, right? With Christ being the head of the body. Uh, Each one of us is growing spiritually into the image of Christ. And there is a pressing need uh, in which God has given, he's given different gifts to different people. In this, in this passage. And these gifts are differing functions, but they work towards the same goal. Okay. The goal is the betterment and the strengthening of the body. All of us becoming better and more mature in Christ. But there is a danger here that is presented in this text. Here in verse 14, he says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So the clear and present danger uh, presented here is that when we are immature spiritually, we are in serious danger. We'll hear a multitude of teachings, and we don't have the equipment, we don't have the maturity, or the ability, or the knowledge to fend off what is intentionally deceiving us. Um, Jonah last night, I I came and checked on the boys last night, and Jonah was listening to um, the uh, Christian radio station, and he he said, Dad, I'm listening to these lyrics, and I'm questioning whether or not they're biblical. And I went, Amen. That's right. That's what you should be doing. And he said, Do you think these are really Christian lyrics? And so we had a discussion about it. And this is Jonah showing maturity in his Christianity. He's not just taking what the radio says, whether or not they call themselves Christians, right? To be absolute truth. He's saying, what does the Bible say, right? So whatever whatever the new thing is, right? That the, the world comes up and it tosses us, if we're immature spiritually, tosses us back and forth in its waves. Uh, we become, we've seen this recently, we, we, we become very afraid of, or we become very angry at whatever CNN or Fox News or any of the fake media tells us to be afraid of or be angry at, right? We are not strong enough uh, spiritually to be grounded so God has a, a, he has a different vision for, for us than being immature like this. Verse 15, it says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Speaking the truth in love helps us to grow. If I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth so that you can grow. Because 
I don't want you to be immature. I, I need Jonah to come at me and say, Dad, is this right? You know, because I can be immature in my spirituality still, too. And I, and I need to continue to grow. We're always growing. Um, I want you to grow stronger, even if that truth upsets you a little bit, maybe, or it hurts your feelings a little bit. The truth is necessary for our growth. Um, I will speak the truth in love because I love you. Now, before continuing, let's make an overarching statement about the lesson today. Um, Speaking the truth as the Bible tells us is never an excuse to be ugly and hostile and rude, right? To get into people's faces and yell at them and call them names and say, I'm just telling the truth, right? That's not love. First Corinthians 13, um, as I'm sure you all thought about quickly when I said rude, it it tells us love does not behave rudely. Um, We cannot have this attitude that I can say just whatever I want to as long as I tell the truth. Okay. However, the bottom line is love says what is true. Because we care about someone, we want them to know what they need to know. Okay. So, Uh, Going to verse 25 in the same chapter in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We put away falsehood or lying, and in its place, we speak the truth with one another. And, And very importantly, speaking the truth is a much higher standard than just not lying. Okay? Lying is, is who I used to be, right? It's who we used to be when we weren't Christians. The worldly me would lie to get ahead or get out of a difficult situation maybe, or, or, or maybe to get ahead in life. Uh, lying was just a tool in my toolbox, and I could use it if I wanted, okay? But now my duty is to speak the truth with my neighbor. Let's look at verse uh, 25 a little bit more carefully here. It says, Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. We have this relationship with other people. He's talking about here Christian relationships. We are members one of another because we have a Christian relationship. Other people deserve the truth from us. If we love them, we will tell them the truth. 1 Corinthians 13. We'll go there real quick. It gives us more insight on how love and truth relate to each other. Starting in verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. This is about how love applies to moral dilemmas. And love is never excited. And love is never happy when someone we love does wrong. Uh, Love is grieved by that even. Love is concerned about that. Love knows that, that that's not what's best for the person that I love. But love rejoices with the truth, and love tells, love tells the truth. And this doesn't mean that 
This doesn't mean that everybody I meet needs to know everything I know, okay? Uh, it doesn't mean that there is no place for discretion sometimes. There are some things that are to be kept in private. There are some things that can be told in confidence. They're, they are confidential to that person, and, and they're not anybody else's business. But that's not, that's not what we're talking about. In these, in these particular situations, we're, we're taught, what we're talking about is that there are times when I don't want to tell the truth because it will be bad for me and it might be bad for you in, in the short term. The, the Bible dispels the notion that love would lie to someone else, though. Um, so let's look at an interesting example here. You're, you might laugh at my example of, of love and telling the truth. So of all people, we can learn a little about this from Delilah. Judges chapter 16 says, Then Delilah said to Samson, Behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me where your great strength lies. To be clear, Delilah was a terrible person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While she was saying this, she is plotting to turn him, to turn Samson into the Philistines who will kill him and she will make a great deal of money. That's what she's doing here. We know that her hands are not clean. Okay. But then there's Samson. Okay. Who's who, in, instead of saying, I'm not going to tell you where my strength lies. Three times he says, he says, uh, why don't you, why don't you weave my hair in a loom, or, or why don't you bind me with some bowstrings? He lies to her again and again, and even Delilah gets it. How can you say you love me? How can you say I love you and lie to me? It is, it just doesn't work. To love and to lie are opposites. That's why their relationship, though, is such a sham. <laughs> It's because they're both lying to each other <laughs> the whole time, right? So that's why, that's why we don't say, you know, let's have a relationship like Samson and Delilah, right? <laughs> no. Real love here, it tells, it tells the truth. How about the story of Joseph's brothers bringing the bloody coat to their dad? They don't lie to him. They say, is this your son's coat? That's what they said to him. Jacob believes Joseph has been torn to pieces and he mourns. The sons of Jacob, they, they sit and watch their dad grieve for years. They knew the truth and they just didn't say anything. And was that loving? Of course not. There are times in our relationships when telling the truth is inconvenient at a minimum. Maybe we're afraid of how the other person will, will react uh, maybe we're afraid to admit that we've done wrong. Maybe there is a criticism we have of a brother or something that needs to change. But love tells the truth. In our church relationships, it tells the truth between brothers and sisters. Now, that doesn't mean, again, that we're always just picking at each other. It doesn't mean that everything that I hear has to immediately be corrected and commented on. I should have patience and I should have grace with you. But if I see a serious problem in your life or you see one in mine, love tells the truth. When we talk about the truth, when we talk about truth to people who are not Christians, 
people we interact with regularly who do not know about Jesus or who do not live according to what Jesus says, telling them the truth of Jesus may compromise some of that relationship. And it may be unpleasant in the moment. Love says what is true, but be tactful and be kind. Look for good opportunities, but don't forget it's not loving to hold back the truth. Okay? Let's make a quick point about lying to spare someone's feelings. Without exception in my life, every time that I have been tempted to hold back the truth, to spare someone's feelings, it has never actually been about them and their feelings. It is always because I, I don't want them to get mad at me, right? Or I didn't want to deal with the aftermath of what I told them. We can say that we, that we withhold the truth or even lie in order to protect someone's, in order to protect someone's feelings, but it is really about protecting our own selfish interests in protecting the short-term consequences when we, we should be telling the truth for the good of someone in the long, in the long term. All right, moving on here. It says, let's, so, so we're going to go to Psalm chapter 15 real quick. Love, love also, it does what it says it will do. Starting in verse one of Psalm chapter 15. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. God wants us to be the kind of person that speaks the truth in our, in our heart as well. We are internally honest and consistent. Um, we then live out that honesty in our interactions with other people. In verse four, uh, he says, it says, he swears to his own hurt and he does not change. What a tremendous description of a Bible concept called faithfulness. The idea of being true to your word. (laughs) A man who swears to keep his word to his own hurt. No matter how painful the result, he will keep his obligation to you. This is the part of honesty that says, that says, I am going to keep my word next week and next year and the year after that. Jesus teaches his disciples about honesty this way. He teaches us to be careful of speaking oaths, thinking that we have to reinforce our word with other things like a promise. You know, when we teach you kids that we say, our yes is our yes. You know, Marilyn will say, Daddy, do you promise sometimes? And I say, Marilyn, my yes is my yes, right? Or my no is my no, sorry. So I try to say no to her every now and then. Uh, so so and, and Jesus just says, he says, just say yes or just say no. In, in 1 Corinthians, um, Paul... Uh, Paul had written in First Corinthians. Paul had written to the to the Corinthians about plans to visit them. Right? He was he was planning to visit them after he had gone through Macedonia, uh, but instead he changes his plans, and that that made them angry. So in Second Corinthians here, this is what he writes: Because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first, so that you might have a second experience of grace. 
I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. So they're mad at him because Paul changed his plans. But Paul says, I made these plans, but instead of visiting you one time, I made a plan to visit you, right, twice. The accusation is that he was vacillating, which just means ever-changing. He says, I am a person who just, he says, am I just a person who, who changes plans because I don't care or I can't keep my word? Are you saying that I'm the kind of person who says one thing and maybe thinks another when I'm saying it? Or a, a person who says, uh, are, are, he says, are you just saying that, you know, I can't, you can't trust my word because I wanted to see you twice instead of maybe once? Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, where Paul is talking about visiting, Paul uses the word perhaps, because that's how you make plans, right? You, we're, we're not sure what's exactly going to happen. This is my plan. This is my thought. What Paul is doing here in, in 2 Corinthians is defending himself. He says, you didn't hear what I said. Love is going to do what it says. It's going to be faithful to its commitments. And Paul says, I'm not the kind of person who's just going to change back and forth. I'm going to do what I say. What this text and this idea of faithfulness to our word teaches us is that we need to be careful about commitments that we make. Okay, We need to ask, we need to ask the question, do I, do I mean what I'm saying? Um, because people are listening to us as Christians, okay? Am I being honest when I say I'll do something? When we commit ourselves um, to something, are we going to, do, to be true to that and do what we say? I had this example. I thought Dad was going to be here for this particular one, but I, thought, I think you'll, you'll, you'll understand this a little bit too. But in Fiji, Dad and, and, and the rest of us could speak pretty fluent Fijian. And he was asked to preach many times from people whose first language was not English. It was Fijian. So in those conversations, he would be asked to preach. And many times it was on short notice, sometimes very, very often that day even. And in English, when it's our first language, when we speak to each other in a language that, that we're very identifiable with, we, we make facial expressions or we have verbal impressions or verbal cues um, vernacular that, that we both know that make clear to the listener uh, when we may not know our plans are set in stone. So it's kind of easy to, to make that communication a little, you know, a little easier when, when we can communicate in our first language. Um, so this, this way we're, we're able to make sure that we don't come across as rude when we may not be able to commit to something. But in but I don't think dad would be completely comfortable trying to say what he would say in English in Fijian with those verbal expressions because it wasn't his first language. Um, we know the words yes, no, maybe I don't know. Uh, and he wouldn't want to be rude because he may not be able to commit. But how do you express that in something that's not your first language? 
Uh, he may not be able to, to verbally express how he needs to maybe check his calendar or something like that. And, and while dad may not want, have wanted to be rude, he knew that if he did commit and he did say yes, he better be there, right? He was committing to that um, in, in a language that he didn't know how to, he, can't, he even he can't say perhaps I'll be there. It's not a word. What kind of person would I be? What kind of person would dad be to say, yes, I'll be there and, and then act like I never said yes? Uh, what kind of position would I put my brothers in if I did that? We need to think about the commitments that we make. Are we faithful to our word? We're going to be busy and things will come up. But at the end of the day, love does what it says. Um, let's talk about big commitments that we make. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 10 for this. Starting in verse 19, it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The confession of our hope is talking about the commitment we've made to Jesus. This is a lifelong commitment to him. This is honesty that goes forward. Faithfulness is, faithfulness is the part of honesty that says, even when things get difficult, I am going to keep my word. I've given because, because I said I would, right? When Colleen and I got married, we made a vow, right? For better or worse, this could end up in disaster. It hasn't. It's been awesome. But I'll always be in, even through disaster. I'm keeping my word. In verse 23 here, he says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The same is true with our Christian walk, the relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ. That relationship, that confession, that commitment is going to have times when it is tested, where it is difficult, where we begin to wonder, should I just walk away from this? And the question will then, the question will then be, are you going to do what you promised? What was true then? Is it still true? Are you telling the truth going forward? Love does what it says, and we must be a faithful people who keep their word. And that is what God does. God says what is true, even when it hurts our feelings. Even when it hurts our feelings, that's right. Even when we don't like it, and it kind of makes us squirm because it's uncomfortable to hear even when we get really frustrated with the truth, he still tells us the truth. God does what God does what he says all the time. So that the Bible describes him as, as he cannot lie. Paul says, uh, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. That's God. And if we're going to be the people of God, if we're going to love one another, we have to tell the truth just like God does. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.